constitutes work and whether it's something that one should enjoy or is it a chore or do you just work to make money or do you try and work to kind of um, have other for other reasons so um, first of all I think that the thing to, the best thing to do would be to go around the table and just get gauge who's here and what kind of work you've been doing throughout your life. So why don't we start with you, Charles? Yes. Good afternoon, all. How we work. Work generally, if I may say so, is something we shouldn't look at it just from the economic point of view. We should look at it from responsibility, but no, as being responsible also. And also as being sort of um, be part and parcel of society. I was born here, but I grew up abroad. My first job was as a clerk in a shipping company. And from then, it made me to be much more responsible, not only for myself, for people around me, and also the society also. And it also helps me to be able to sort of you know, use money in a, in a wise way, strategically and so on and so forth. My main purpose of coming over was to follow my studies because there are series of opportunities here. I was to be a barrister, but for some reason, man proposes what God disposes. I found myself in a church whereby I started you know, disseminating the gospel, talking about the good tidings of the Lord. Still, I was still sort of doing volunteering work, and also I had a good, a good paid job as a customer service with the M&S. But for some reason, well, due to my health, I'm just sort of doing, trying to get myself in perspective at, at, the, at the moment. But also, at the same time, keeping myself in tune with the, for, because of my well-being, i.e. helping with the volunteering activities around my, 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 around my locality. And also the project, I attend the Claremont project. They've got some series of um, activities going on. It's very good. And I find even the Friday session quite very brainstorming that creative writing, I need to write myself. And then this book club, another few sessions, which helps personally in my well-being. Very, very nice. And what I've noticed now, it's a couple of years ago, there used to be what is called job for life. It's not so nowadays. You have series of things going on. We have to open praying the Lord for, for his intervention so that we could, you know. Great. You've brought up lots of really good topics that um, we're going to explore. But um, I just want to um, ask Donald about his kind of relationship with work. And so tell us a bit what you do and have you always worked in the same way and have you changed your kind of ideas about how I'm a freelance journalist and I write, I write about the arts and and do a lot of other things post show talks and and previews and features for newspapers and online and magazines and uh, I've been doing that for 41 years and over time yes it has changed it has changed my methods have changed because the whole media world has changed radically. 
My, my fancy phrase is the rise of the democratization of opinion has seriously undermined paid expertise. But I don't mind that. Basically, that means that people who are doing blogging, et cetera, et cetera, they're kind of taking work away from me, but, but not really because there's room at the table for everybody. And I remember what it was like when I was starting out and how my training was learning by doing. So I'm still learning by doing, and to me that's a very key thing to what work should be about. I, I'm a curious person, and I want to keep educating, because I think no knowledge is wasted. And in a way, work is very much related to that, that, that there's, work is its own reward, or can be. And, and, and yes, there are things that are exhausting and, and maybe demeaning, and that you have to slog through, but they're, they're the rewards, not only monetary, the sense of, sa sense of satisfaction, I think, is a really key thing. And a couple of other things, just to throw this out, would be um, ideas about community, identity, and security. Yeah, that, that's some good, um, some good points. Um, let's, yeah, why don't we start with the idea of work and identity? I think that's really interesting because... That's the first thing that people ask, isn't it? When they meet you, they... What do you do? What do you do? And that's immediately in their head, that's kind of like, okay, you are this. You do this, so that means you are this. And sometimes your work doesn't necessarily define you. I think, mm -hmm. Donald, with you, yes, it probably does, in a way. Well, it has. And because I've been doing this for so long, uh, this is very autobiographical, but... My partner nearly died about a, just over a year ago, and that near-death experience, and he, he's going to be 75, um, has made me rethink, and, and I'm 61, he's made, it's made me rethink what is work for, why do I do it, what have I been doing all my life, uh, what is the value of it, and what do I want to do next. So I'm in, I'm in this funny transition place as a mature human being who needs to figure out where I go and what is my identity as the media has changed without that arts journalist wrapping uh, around me because, because I need to, f I want to and need to find other things to do with my, the rest of the sands in my hourglass and yeah, the rest of my time on earth. Great. Um, Pauline, um, do you want to tell us what kind of jobs you've done and how work has defined you and your relationship with work do you have you always worked for money or has it has it kind of given you an identity has it been for other reasons what what jobs have you done well i um in my work when i started to work i started to work after school yes and i i, I always liked wanted to work i didn't know what factory was about so I wanted to work in the factories because I want to know, you know, be what they do, how they do things, and what is happening. Because sometimes you go out, you see price of stuff, but they don't realize and know that you see, you got all different retailers comes in to these places. That person sell it for about say ten pound. The next person sell it for about two hundred pound, but they don't realize and know. So all these, it gives me so identity. Didn't, I didn't worry about the in pay packets anyway because I'm about uh, five pound of three pound, but what it did give me give me 
a lot of head knowledge to understand what it's all about working, what you understand about um, how to mingle with other people, mm -hmm. sort of um, enlighten my, my light, my head, you know what I mean? Gain a lot of wisdom from that. Because you know how to speak to people, how to address people, how to behave towards people. And then after, because I worked in quite a few factories, like sweet factories, I see how they make the shoes. I was a shoes examiner. Yeah, didn't make them. I was an examiner. So what, what does a, a, a shoe examiner do? What, what, what's, explain to us how that works. Well, what it does, you know, you've got the manager one side and then you're sitting at the next side and they're coming off of the belt. When they come coming off the belt, because you've got those other ladies there, got to sort of sort it out, fix it up now because it's already made from the other different parts over the other sides. So what you're going to do, you're going to look for any faults, any faults, what's wrong, like see the, uh, a thread maybe showing, maybe probably the, the sole is not on properly. So now, it, when it comes through to those people, it comes through to us. And then what, and then what it does now, it's like say both of us, both of us is really looking, both of us is looking at two ends. The manager is there, I am there. So he's got his one coming on his belt and I've got mine coming on my belt. So we've got to make sure that these shoes are going into the, are more, are properly fixed and properly um, sorted out. And uh, if there's any rejection, what we do, we put it on a different path because these shoes are probably going to be, they're very expensive shoes. What I did, I don't know if anybody knows about Burberry's. Burberry's, that expensive. Yeah, there's one in Hackney. There's a shop in Hackney. Burberry yeah, shop. well, I was working in Hackney. Working in Hackney, listen to me. Uh, yes, uh, in Burberry's, okay? Then after working in Burberry's, right? I am a friend with working in Burberry's. I think we didn't do any work, actually. We're just running up and down the place. We didn't do any work. They all got keep coming, talking to us all the time. Because, you see, it, it wasn't about the money, what we wanted. It's, there's a lot of fun was in the, in the area of work, right? Which now people goes out and say, well, I'm working for my money. So they don't really care. But then we have sort of caring, caring mind, caring attitude. So now while we were working, we, we spent a little bit on the work. And mostly probably because... In Burberry's, they toilets, they bathroom is is beautiful. You can <laughs> sit in there, they in there twenty four seven cleaning it all the time. I don't know for now, right? Don't know for now. So, and then after, then you know we was at school as well, studying at the same time and getting on with getting on with things or so forth. And when I am I'm working, and in the like studying a bit as well. You know, you get some people to say, well, talking about to say, well, do you know, like, I'm gonna do a lot of studies because I want a lot of make money, make money, make money. While some just here listening and hearing what other people's got to say, right? But I look at it now, it's not just money, what we, we know we've got to have that to keep our lives going. But then it's not just money we've got to look for. We've got to also look at other people's lifestyle as well. 
That's really interesting because I've never heard people, I've never heard anyone kind of talk about factory work in that way that you, because the the idea that we have about factory work is it's it's just for money. It's like to pay the rent, that's it. And people don't necessarily do that work for for other reasons. So I'm going to come back to that. But um, Antonia's just joined us and I want to, we're, we're talking about work. So I want you to explain a little bit your career and the kind of work that you've done and what it's what's what it's given you um has it been financial has it brought you other things what has been the importance of work in your life when you're young you you think of remuneration how you're going to get money to live uh but then as time goes on because Sometimes there's uh, external forces that can change that, and you have to be able to reinvent yourself, uh, you know, to reinvent yourself, to make sure that, you know, uh, and how do you do that? You do that by following your passion. Maybe like my culture, they want you to be academic (coughs) because they didn't have that sort of, privilege that you have got. So they want better life for you, your parents, I mean. <laughs> and they would channel you to something that they think is acceptable to society. And then you go, you go by that, and then you see that your, your passion is not what they're trying to let you do. Uh, and it has, what you work for is, has to be about passion, what is inside of you. Because first, not only about money, you want to leave a legacy, and you want to enjoy what, what you're doing. So my career, I wanted to be uh, a barrister. I became a journalist. I worked for some time. I came here to study again, and then there was a total departure from all that. I became, because my family life had dictated what happened to me, i.e. having children, and you know that journalism is not nine to five job, you know, um, and I couldn't manage that. So I look for something, my passion, I love cooking, and I love, uh, you know, um, eating the food that I cook. When I was growing up, that is part of my education again, that if you're a woman in my culture, you've got to know how to cook. Because if you don't, you can be anything. You can be academically qualified in everything. But if you cannot cook, your husband will leave you. And that is something that a young girl growing up in Africa doesn't want, you don't want, it's a shame for your husband to leave you. So they make you to, you might not be doing the cooking, but you are looking at it. So all that paid off. Uh, Then I reinvented myself because I couldn't do journalism and I went, I became a chef. I studied for five years and I went into school meals. I left as an area manager for Islinding Kanzu you know, but along the way, my education in journalism or my training was not in vain. 
it was not lost because I have done so many things that, you know, because of that background that afforded me that background, you know. <laughs> I've done so many other things. So it's not about uh, only money, what you work for. It has to be, there must be an end product to it, i.e., what are you getting, in, you know, uh, what, what you're getting right now and what you're going to live after? Are you enjoying it? You know, are you getting satisfaction in what you're doing? Because work cannot be so monotonous that you just do something and, and you say, hey, because of the money. Hey, people become really despondent when you have a notion like that. But it has to be productive. It has to have, an, you know, a legacy to live. Look at all inventions and all that. They work at it. Faraday, uh, uh, they, they, they failed, but they didn't give up. They, they, there must be, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Okay, well, well, one, one thing you, you make me think about is purpose. Yeah, That exactly. work gives you purpose. Well, exactly. And whether that's to go earn a paycheck. Yes. It's, it's, it's that, you know, that James Brown song, you don't work, you can't you eat. Can, you cannot You've eat. You've got to have yeah, a job, job to put food on the table. Yeah, exactly. You've got to have a job to keep your body able. Exactly. But, but, but beyond that, yes. the, the cooking a meal for somebody, which is a kind of work, yes. but it's not about a monetary thing. No. And it becomes a sort of gift yes. if you make a good meal. Exactly. Yeah, I which agree. Is, which is one thing in my reinvention mode I'm learning that I'm I'm a, a much better cook than I ever thought, and I know how to. We were talking about this before we started about how whatever's there in, in the cupboard or the kitchen, if you can make, make something magic and yes. edible out of it, that's a kind of work that has its own that is its own. Yeah, reward. that's a special gift because a lot of people haven't got that. They all think, "What have I got by the market? Have I what got when I go to the supermarket? Yeah, I got by a bit of meat, bit of this, bit of that." But anything what goes in, anything now what's in the house, you can make any little thing out of something. Because I work in the catering industrial, you understand? But then, have you come back? Uh, sorry, Antonia. You, you finished? Yes, yes. Okay, right. Me, my boy? You stay there and sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, coming back to, um, I was talking about the work back, yes? But I don't know where I get this idea from at a very early age that I hear about factories, but I've never realized what it was. So I wanted to work in there because each time I go to the school, I always run away from the study. And I always want to see what it's all about because, because it, gave me, it gives me such a um, wide knowledge, a wide horizon because I, um, I can use that as well to educate people mm. as time gets on. So I think that's a really interesting point. We often think about, you know, the only way to learn is through education and getting a degree and all these things. But actually through working, you can learn a lot and being on the job and getting that kind of experience is really important. And I want to come back to something that Antonia said. Um, that I didn't think we were going to talk about, but actually I think it's really important that, um, that how 
work in the house and looking uh, after the children and cooking and housework and all that kind of thing is really un has still seriously undervalued and that is a kind of work and that is you know that that shouldn't be you know dismissed i think it's a, a really important part of uh, a lot of people but we was going to i was going to come to that oh were you tell yes, me yes i was yes yes about you mean working outside no i mean like you know working in the home looking after the children all that yes. kind of thing like it, it it's quite undervalued as a as you know it's like oh it's just you know it's it's nothing you you can you can do that it won't take you very long but actually it's a full time you know it's it's you see, work it's you work. see working in the home right it is a full time job but then if people know how to um work around it with children they can get by because you get some you see i'm talking about in my time as a young woman growing up then you got you know you've got your friends you've got your com colleagues around you so they will come and they ask you how are you doing this job you're going you're studying and then you're running the home with the children think that you're on your own you see, so what you're doing, you sit down, you educate them. So now, when I used to speak like this, they would ask me, how do I know so much? It's not that well, know so much, right? Because my mother, okay, she, well, she used to talk to us with a, about a lot of things. I thought, we, thought, we thought she was about 90 years old, but she was only a young woman herself. She was only in her 40s, yeah. So, um... <clears throat> By she speak and leave something behind, we sort of a, we sort of a picked it up, right? Because she said, it's not only a person sit down at a school and study, study to get all these big marks or so. <laughs> you got to think of your home because your home, you prioritize your home because your home is a big mark. Because what you could take care of the home, take care of your children and provide the meat and so forth. You understand? Yeah. You feel that you can use that, you understand, as a qualification to go out there and teach others as well, you see? So now, with, in my area, with me, it didn't bother me. It did not. Because I don't just have children just to sit and look at them, right? Can I, okay. I finish? Oh, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. Can I... Yes, and then you cook up. Yes. yes fine. Sorry, people in the world. We're just having a little discussion here. But you see, when you know I me, mean? there are mothers or parents who have their children, but they don't really taught them. All they taught them is just one thing: you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn. You're gonna learn. Everything we do in life is a learning curve, right? Not just one thing. Now you've got your children. You understand? And um, you're teaching them all the time to do things. You're teaching them from small, from little bit. Now, because I put so much in their head and I teach them and I grow them really well and I taught them a lot, when they go out there meet their friends, they said, oh, you don't know so much thing. They said, it's our mom, right? Because we have to learn how to clean the house and how to cook, go market from young age, right? And um, so they will go out there and they will speak to their parents and said, why are you standing there high on a shirt and, you know, killing yourself when you've got all these grown persons? We didn't do that. We had to start washing our clothes when we were seven years old. We have to start doing that. If it's not washed properly, 
my mother come and examine it to see what it's all about. She taught us everything about what life is all about. So now when they go to school, when they're in the school now, they start to um, do um, courses and that. You understand? When they do courses and that, now they do ask them again in the school, right? Um, how do you know so much? But they say, when you see my mother, you can ask her. You understand, yeah? You know, you talk about the work at home. Um, I was very, very much of somebody who wanted to achieve. And my two, my two sons, the first two, you know, uh, they went to a nursery and I was trying to further my career and everything. And then I found myself having another child. That devastated me. But then suddenly something reson you know, just came into my mind that this is a situation. You cannot avoid it. So what do you do? So I decided that he's not going to go to nursery. I'm going to look after, I'm going to enjoy this boy. I'm going, to, we will go to the park. We will do all sorts of things. We do housework. He had a little, when he was born, we bought a budgie, and we call it, we call the, the budgie uh, Bosby. And this budgie will not say anything to anybody, only to the child. When he sees the child, he goes, ch -ch -ch -ch. you learn a lot. You, a motherhood is, is, is bliss, because I, I learned so much about this little boy you know, interacting with him and just doing mundane things that you would say mundane things that just, you know, speaking in baby language and doing all sorts of things. But I think he's the most closest to me out of my three children. He knows exactly what I feel at this moment of, you know, anytime he knows my, because I invested some time and energy to to be with him i think you know that really taught me a lot of things we take it for granted at home because when you are in an extended family there is always an auntie a grandmother to look after you your parents can do all the things that they want to do but there are other people to look after you here we depend on nucleus family, where is father, mother, and the children. But I took time off, and I think that time that I invested in him till he went to primary school was the best work I ever done. And I, I didn't regret it at all. When my, my husband died, he took over everything. He is the youngest, but he said, I want to do this. I did not need to any, and I'm saying to myself, you know, I, I think it's the bond that is between us. Of that little age, it's work, and it's a legacy that you leave. And now he works uh, uh, for himself, but he, he, he puts time for, to see his children. Now they're on holidays. He takes two days to be able to be with them so that he can interact with them. So work has to be something 
that you enjoy, that you can give to others, like you said, look at, uh, uh, want to be a chef or something like that, it's on the telly, it's just finished. On there, there is a pilot, a doctor, all these professionals, they have high-powered job. Why do they want to do some, coo you know, cooking? And, and, and they did it. They've just finished it this yesterday. <coughs> they did it, but they had all this job that they are doing. But something gave them satisfaction in, in, in what we will say, cooking. I think, I think there's something also about um, working with your hands. And I think that's something that we do a lot less. Um, the, the nature of work today is much more, is less manual and is, is more, you know, working on a computer or there's a lot of sort of emailing involved. Um, you want to say something? We just want to say, um, uh, for uh, I lived in Paris and I knew a family. And for one week, I did the vendange, the grape picking. In near in near Carcassonne, so I was, I was not paid, um, and I didn't have to make a you know it wasn't about anything to do with money, but I was a guest grape picker for a week. I loved that, because uh, just the the whole ambience of of getting up before dawn and and uh, and the breakfast was was bread, chocolate, and wine. That was our <laughs> breakfast in the field. Yeah. And then I, I remember, uh, and it was hard work, the bending over and, and the, you know, couper les raisins and all that sort of cutting the raisins, the, the grapes. Uh, it was really hard work. But that manual labor was, for me, not, uh, who I, I come from Polish peasant farmer stock, you know, my, my ancestors. <laughs> I never did any of that. I'm a city boy. So to have that, that was a privilege to have to work with my hands and be in the fields and be with nature and mm -hmm. and be in this group of people, most of whom, and I, my French was very poor, uh, m almost nobody spoke English, so we found new ways of communicating. And that too was part of the work education. It's this, what kind of exchange are you having with everybody around you mm -hmm. and what service yes. can you be to mm -hmm. others that's very key and and yeah. how what do you want to invest your time in i like that you said that about your son it was worth investing your time and any kind of work if it's to be valuable to you must i think be worth the investment of time yeah can i may i just come in quickly i've learned over the years and experience also that working is not only about money transport of things but you have to have the the identification and also satisfaction and you can share this rapport with some colleagues and other people what i'm saying nowadays people are saying oh i want to get a job and i have to pay my bills and that's the end go traveling and so on and so forth it's all about the satisfaction waking up early in the morning oh this job very excited very you know elated but nowadays oh this job again i'll just yeah. go just because i want to pay my bills it's, that's why the economy is a mess on mm. to focus on our ways of doing things. There's no more work ethics. Everything's yeah. changed. We have to look at some of these things. Yes, and we have to yes. learn from a very younger age, from mm. a very tender age, yes. to enlighten the people generally, the younger yeah. generation that are coming up. Yeah. I'm, and I'm, should help. Yeah. I'm gonna put something out there. Do you think, all of mm. you, that yeah. um, there's so much talk about people's mental health at the moment and people are 
are feeling more and more isolated and people are having more and more trouble with depression uh, and that kind of thing. And perhaps one of the main reasons is the nature of work and the fact that we're not making things. We're not outside. We're not kind of doing that manual yeah, work that, that really, as you said, Donald, really kind of did bring you something completely different. It was social. Yeah. If one says so, yeah. it might be part of it. But the, the main, the main yeah. reason, people are doing jobs they're not supposed to do. There are some people doing their jobs. Someone there will tell you, oh, because I want to pay my bills. Yes, yes, which that is, is wrong. true. That's true. Yeah, that's why the economy is in a mess. Yes. If you look, if you look closely in Europe, we, our economy is not very, very sound. No, that is true. I'll it's not very sound you. at all. We have to look at some of these things. Yeah. At, you know, geographically. Yeah, the other thing that uh, that causes mental health and isolation, because when people have jobs, they don't um, have in outside interest. They just see the job as everything. So when something goes wrong, they have nowhere to turn. They don't know how to restart, reinvent. They don't know how to reinvent themselves. So therefore, that causes stress, isolation, loneliness, and mental health. Yes. And evil. Let me just say this. Can I? Sorry. Oh, it's all right. And I, I agree with you. And the concept of people saying, I work at home, you know, if you have children, then maybe you have to do that. But, but for people saying, we work at home, that is, a, 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 you know, a, a self induced isolation as far as I'm concerned. Because you need that interaction i see people and i say if if you're a receptionist you cannot work at home there are things which you cannot do at all if i think they should give it another name that you know you have child care and you have to walk around that but working at home you cut yourself away totally away from people and i i i can add that concept i need interaction you know i need Sorry, oh. No, I, yes. I, I, I was just going to say, Donald, you, you obviously work at home, right? I do work at home. I love working at home, but I'm lucky because the work I do, I can, I can do my writing at home and it's a lonely kind of thing. But then I can, because I'm writing about the arts, I have to go see work. I have to go see the creative work that others do and that's where all the socialization, but then I can go back and, and not have to deal with any sort of, as a freelancer, who's never worked in an office at all. And I've applied for some jobs and nearly got one and blah, 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 but I'm really glad I didn't. And it's partly because of the stories I hear about terrible managers and the hierarchies and all the, all the negative parts. So I won't, sp I, I was told by my, one of my editors, uh, she said, you wouldn't last five minutes here. And I said, why not? I mean, in other words, if I was on staff, she said, you're too nice. So backstabbing or, yeah. or the climbing yeah. that you need to do to, 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 get to, to get ahead and get more money and get more grandeur and whatnot. And I don't need that stuff. But I feel, I feel if, if the balance is right, mm -hmm. then, then, then that's very, that balance yeah. is very valuable to me about uh, being alone, being yeah. isolated, but also being able mm -hmm. to have that social community thing. Charles. May I just say this quickly? That's what you just said, Mr. Don, um, Mr. Donald. It's like a threat. People saying, oh, you can't, you can't work in this area or sort of, um, or you, they, they see us like a threat. 
I've experienced that myself. Yes, but some people, have. but some people, you have to sort of overlook them. You have to mm. take them for face value. Fight. But you see, if you know yourself, you know capability. You don't, you don't look at some of these things. But he's now just they, yeah. now. This what I found out. Even though I'm not working, I'm not getting no job. I still like volunteer. I find it even much more volunteering. It's much more paid. I find it, the inner peace, and the, I share my ideas and ideals and expertise with different types of people, which helps in a way. Money is not everything. It's by sharing your exper- it's by sharing your expertise with the people generally. That helps. It's very essential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pauline. Can I come in? Yeah, I yeah, want to come in with um, a bit of what um, Anthony said and Juliana saying about the mental health areas. You see, in a, jo- in a job, when you're working in a job and when you're in a job for, for years and you're good at your job, a lot of, mental, a lot of mentally... Um, illness is caused from within the job because see when you're good at your job and you're doing your job and you don't get involved you'll find a lot of they attack you then you've got to be always speaking to the manager or the deputy or this one or that one and then you'll find other staff or working in the in the i'm talking for myself because i've experienced that for years sometimes you end up in hospital why you don't even know they drain you out because why if you don't join them to be the people them who they want you to be like them they're not going to accept you at all now i've got people who work in houses like you've got um you've got all these teachers right and when you do your school work at home as well that teacher it's not us because that teacher have to be spending time to be speaking to the student all over the world. Phone calls, are you going to be a phone call? Letters are coming in, your works are coming in. Because I speak to one tutor when I was doing a work, a course in the house, right? And sometimes it's make you feel a lot more confident in the home because at least there's no one around you understand and driving you crazy or so right you've got to run leave it. i have to run left my job a lot of times i'm speaking of me because i've got a lot of experience in that area of me i've got people i know like lawyers they work in the houses right now and then because i travel i used to travel a lot with the children and i used to in the park everywhere you understand because I've taught them a lot and I do myself and so it's it what it does it's sort of a, um sometimes it could be test as well and it sort of helped me it sort of helped me to go further in all the things what I am doing even now as I'm an old goat now I'm still not going to be around because you see <laughs> no because I was put there to help others to up to upgrade them or something the school, we could study till dying kingdom come, but the school only could go give us what we want from books. But when it comes to your natural, you understand, and then it's not, and you want to help people to grow a lot more in um, in the things what they want to do, the areas or what they would like to do. You know, it's just like, do I go there? Do I go there? Do I go there? Even the manager themselves, they probably started to say, well, they're like your friend to them. Your so we've heard about that's really interesting. We've got um, so the idea of isolation, working on your own, like you need people around you, and actually it could be quite depressing if you never see anyone. But on the other hand, 
when you're working with people (laughs) it can be an absolute nightmare because they they can it's like kind of politics office politics which can really get you down and and can be quite noxious as well personality conflicts and any of the irritations and expectations but by the same time, let me just say this quickly, madam. By the same time, you must have to be diplomatic. It's not like going to university nowadays. You must have the gumption, the ability to stuff, you know, read between the lines and be able to talk with things. That's how you learn. And then you share your ideas and ideals also. Nobody knows it all. It's only the creature that knows it all who can share an ideas and deals. I think the politics that you get in, in, in a workplace is, is people not knowing themselves if you know yourself and you you're competent in what you're doing you will rise above what you're saying where this is what i find somebody cannot influence me in anything if i if if it's not you know if i'm not convinced that it is right so i always keep away from you can still flourish in, in an environment like that. You can do, because you, will ju- because you know yourself. You have the confidence. You see, asset managers, they, they are so, uh, in, in, uh, not in, uh, they are so afraid. They won't even take holidays because they think somebody will come. But if you're competent and able to do that job, you have the ability. No, you won't be in little politics cliques going around. You know, my my take is, if you're a manager, I always say to to my staff, they will say, come and sit down with us and let us hear. I say, no, it's your lunch time, and that is the time you can discuss me. You could call me any name. You could do whatever, you know. And I I close my door, and what I don't hear, I cannot hear. I say, no, but if I sit with you, then it undermines whatever I'm going to say to you. We've sat down. I might not have that, that, that you will overstep what, but you might not be professional enough to say, well, she sat with us yesterday, and who is she to tell me to go and do that? Let her do it herself. So, but if you put a line of demarcation in this, the way you work, work ethics come into it, and you, you are a manager. They, but outside, you could be friends. But within the workplace, you cannot bring that in. And that is the, the dilemma for so many people. I agree with Anthony. Yes, For you to avoid this conflict in the workplace, it's to, um, like I said before, to have a hobby outside. Mm-hmm. And by having a hobby outside, when you come to work, you feel the confident to um, confront or, um, or to challenge. But if you um, are a prisoner in the workplace, you, uh, you have no way of challenging. I just want to ask Juliana, Juliana something. So um, we at the beginning, we all talked about the kind of things that we did. Um, so can you just tell us, what work you've done and then what hobbies you've done to accompany that to keep you um, not in those politics? I worked as a um, receptionist, typist, support worker. 
And, um, and then I did voluntary work with my local advice center and um, Salvation Army while, I'm, while I got paid work. So that helps to um, avoid all these conflicts and, and um, politics. Because when I go to work, I don't go to work to, to um, look at this person or that person. I come to work to learn and to whatever I learn to bring back out. And what I learn out, I bring in. So, you know, there always is some interest. So, so I, th that's quite interesting, also the point that you said about people whose work becomes everything to them, and that's all they do. And you often hear about that in families as well, where mm -hmm. the children just don't see their mother or father anymore and because all their energy is going into work and they kind of become obsessed with that, and it's about, you know climbing the ladder, earning more money, and there's this kind of obsession. So do you, what do you all think about that? Do you, ha have you ever experienced it? Have you ever been on the receiving end of that? What did you, what did you say, Lucy? About people being so obsessed with work that they can't, they can't do anything else. It's just everything oh, is yes, work I've, focused. Yes, I've got people around me who used to be like that. Then that's why it's, can I say something? Yeah, go for all it. Right. Yes, this, this is why sometimes when you sort of got such a, 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 a sort of experience in work mm -hmm. area, some of these people, if you can get a chance to speak with them and to show them there's other things outside apart from just work, work, work. Because sometimes people don't know. Sometimes you've got to understand, we've, got to, we've got to take into consideration that some people, the way they've been brought up, they didn't grow up because they never have a, you see, they may probably have, they have their parents but they probably haven't taught a lot. Mm. That's why some sometimes it's good to say, to really help them as well, because sometimes they don't know. But I think and sometimes people do know very well, but they just think that at the moment, in this moment well, in their life, this is work is the yes, most important yes. thing, and well, they just can't well, consider anything else. They will come and tell you. They will mm. come to you. You see, they will sort of come and... So I'll just give you an example of what I'm trying to say. Um, when I was younger, my stepdad used to go to work and he would travel around and then at the weekends he would come home he'd be at home but he would sleep all weekend because he was so tired from the work that he did and as kids um you know no one would see him and 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 he would just be in a bad mood all the time because he was so tired from work and then we'd go on holiday yeah. and he would just sleep for two weeks and just be like a lump in the bed and um, it would just drive my mum mad because she had to do everything on holiday <laughs> exactly and yeah. it was because his whole focus was about earning the money it became an obsession it's like yeah. i've got to i've got to feed my children and, and and my parallel to that is my father was a bartender uh and he never owned a pub or anything like that and but my mother would say they would have arguments and, she, and she'd say, uh, you care more about those people in that bar than you do about the family. So it wasn't a, for him about earning more or anything because he was quite a simple man in many ways. Right. But from my mother's perspective, he had a greater, richer life than he gave to us. So in a way, you know, we were sort of deprived of that thing or we weren't, whatever the dynamic was, it was dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yes. Can I finish? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then, okay. Yeah, you see, um, okay, like we said, we all talk about the, the work, 
the work environment, the work area, right? Look, you see, like, say, look, my, we see, we, we didn't grow up with a lot of parents because we didn't know that, that she's passed from a very early age mm. and she's got nine children, remember? So now, the experience what I've got, I've got a lot of experience outside, right? Now, I've, you know what I mean, I've been in the working area, but I didn't make it come to obsession in my life, okay? And then I make children. And I didn't make the children come obsession in my life. I didn't make the home come obsession in my life. Because growing out, growing up with no parents at all, what's from a very, very early age, that means there is no one around that I could say, go to auntie, go to uncle, grand aunt, grand uncle. I'm going to take a plane and go back to the Caribbean, where they come from, yes? My mother is from Cuba. Her mother is from Panama. My father don't know where he's from. So in this time now, well, I've got to learn every trade and tricks on and each and every one home. No, I started to then making children. I got them involved into everything what's going. In dancing, if they got involved in acting, they got involved in football, they've got involved. So all these men you see on TV, millionaires or whatever, years or whatever, I've met I met them. You understand? So the work didn't stop me from doing two jobs, three jobs. You understand? And I take them out. We travel together and think. It depends on the person itself. Everyone yeah. do their own thing in their own home. You understand? And I feel you said, of course, it did the work. It sounds and like you were incredibly good at multitasking and, and keeping many and things going. I a lot of people yeah. around me. I've taught a lot. So we're, we're, we're actually going to um, end the show. So what I'd like to... So Can Charles say what Charles, say? yeah, Charles say your final... Let's say this quickly. Yes. We've got about 10 children um, <laughs> running around the play, but they've grown up. Majority of these yeah. people, they're in the wrong jobs, and yeah. everybody trades. You don't have qualifications for some of these jobs. They said so. It's just gumption. They said yeah. so. That's what she listen. Okay. Yeah, I met a police guy the other day. He's nice. Lucy, you love him. Yeah, he's like, like a sergeant. I said that... He said, yeah, what, but then uh, this job, what he's into now, is not what he likes or whatever, mm. but he doesn't want to get shot in the head, he said. So I said, we'll put some wig, wig, I'm not sure that would work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Antonia, final, final thoughts. What you, I think what you've just raised before... Uh, Pauline, uh, before the lady spoke, it's a very serious one for people from the diaspora. Because when we came in here, you know, you cut off from everything. So you have to be uh, everything for your family. And, and to survive, you need to go and work. So most of the time, you, you, you hear the word large kids that you know people the parents just go to work and because life is has to be holistic those children emotionally they miss something and and it's revibrating now look at what is happening because there is no connection something has broken somewhere it's been fractured and that is why we have young people doing what they're doing to one another because that base 
is not there any longer. You know, they didn't feel connected because the parents are out working. But it's not the fault of the parents because they have to survive. My, my, in, my, in my culture, my parents went to work somewhere else. Their job took them somewhere, but there was a grandmother, a grandfather, and all the extended family. We should invest in that. We should go back to the basic. You know, that there is, you know, a disconnection. And uh, it's just part just of One second, just one, just five minutes, no, no, wait, wait, five wait. minutes, five minutes. You see, mm. oh, I listen to Antonia, you understand what she's, she just said mm. just now, the, the, um, the connection. Right, some people are blessed to have all the connection. Some people are not blessed. Some people are blessed in different ways, right? Because when you grow up in children's home with no parents, because a lot of parents, they put them all into homes and think they don't want to know. So it may be probably, is she's blessed in that way to often connection to all the things what happening now which i cannot say to what on the world radio anything we want to say we've got to look for the higher head will create all the problem what's happening now that's been set up about 30 40 years ago that's so a whole gonna, other conversation yeah, so i'm not going to come into that because okay. people know what's going on so donald final so final words I just want to say um, the, the thing that we haven't talked about that I'm going to be thinking about is is work and security yeah. versus insecurity. Yes. So that's just one thing. Um, also, if I think it's very important to find things at work that you can do and retain your dignity. And, and that seems a very key thing. Where does dignity fit in with work? And also, I just, I've so enjoyed listening to you all, the collective wisdom of this group of, of you know, half a dozen people is enormous. So just wanted to say thank you to, to everybody else who's sitting around the table. Thank you, thank you. Juliana, do you have a final final thought? No? Yep, Charles? Yes. All right, thank you very much everyone.